Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Here comes the man who has toured Joint Chiefs of Staff, launched nuclear missiles, and reported to Ross Perot, CCAR's 2020 President David Long, and communications extraordinaire, Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hey, David. Hey, Jonna. Welcome to the top. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. We are joined today by Lee Warren. Lee is a 2020 chair of the Texas Real Estate Commission, or as we call it here in Texas, TREC. Um, he is the 2020 chair of their inspector committee, and he's an inspector extraordinaire. Hi, Lee. Uh, this is David. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure. So, Lee, when it comes to inspections, there's a few questions that real estate professionals frequently asked, or they're asked by their clients, and we thought it'd be fun to go through some of these questions. Does that sound good? Sure. Okay. Okay, so the first question on our list is, my Uncle Randy is a contractor and said he would inspect our home for free. Why would an inspector? Well, the state of Texas actually licenses home inspectors, so it's um, unless he is actually licensed as an inspector, he can't inspect property. But I understand a lot of times people want their family to do it and stuff like that. The state has, Texas has the strictest regulations of any state in the entire country as far as how they license home inspectors. So the amount of things that we have to look for is pretty substantial. The standards of practice that we have for items to go through on an inspection is pretty, pretty substantial stuff. And it's just always a good idea to have a completely unbiased person to look at that property for you. Because an inspector is not allowed to do any work on a property that he's inspected for at least 12 months to really keep that arm's length and keep the unbiased process going on. So it's just always a good idea to have a third party do it. You just don't run into family issues or anything like that. You have somebody with insurance, with a license to look at your property, to check out that biggest investment before you sign on the dotted line. Yeah. So have you ever been called out for a full inspection following something like an Uncle Randy inspection by a buyer who had a change of heart? Um, I do. Occasionally they go through and say, oh, well, he didn't find this, he didn't find that. Or what actually tends to happen more is <laughs> you, you go out to do the inspection and the uncle's there during the inspection and wants to, you know, kind of overshadow everything that you're looking at, everything that you say, and you have to play kind of a really delicate game as far as being very truthful and honest with a buyer um, while not trying to offend, you know, a potential family member. And that's sometimes it's a, a little hard thing to play. Family is great, um, but you want to just kind of keep some of those things separate so that you have a clear and concise idea of exactly what's going on in the house. Wow, that sounds like an interesting situation to be put into. <laughs> um, yeah. When you have something like that where you're going to inspect a home that an Uncle Randy type person inspected first, is there anything that they often miss that maybe they wouldn't have thought to look for? Um, often they they kind of misconceive on foundations. Foundation is the one thing we're required to give our opinion on as opposed to whether it's right or it's wrong. So a lot of times the uncles of the world tend to think as soon as you have little hairline cracks in the wall, that means you have a huge foundation problem. And most times that's usually not the case. Um, there are two types of foundations in Texas, foundations that have problems and foundations that will. Um, what we're looking for is anything that could be attributed to more than just normal settling. Um, and that's something that you kind of learn over time. It's not something you just see and, oh, there's a crack, that means there's a foundation. Plus, temperature differentials on uh, air conditioning systems, T&P valves, age and dates of water heaters. 
stuff of that nature. Plus, we test every tub, toilet, and faucet, pull the cover on the electrical panel, look at all the wires and stuff like that, too. So we just go tend to go much more in-depth than the uncles of the world do on those types of inspections. Very good. So our, you know, our second question is one that I have personally had experience with, and uh, I look forward to hearing your answer. Do new home builds need to be inspected? Oh yeah, that's a that's a pretty common misconception with new homes that you know they're perfect and there there's nothing wrong because the cities inspect them. In fact, you'll get a lot of sales reps and in, in builder offices that will tell you, they're you know tell a buyer there's no need for an inspection. We have our own people that, that do quality control. The city inspects it. Plus, we hire a third-party inspector to come through and do all that. Between those three layers of inspections, you really don't need your own person. And through experience, I've just known in the last 15 years the amount of new homes that I've done and the incredible amount of things that I still find wrong. Um, I've had turn on the shower upstairs, and it's come, the water ends up coming through the light fixture in the kitchen because they just forgot to connect the P-trap. Wow. Or the water line, the water line, you turn on the faucet on the exterior hose bib and there's no water coming through, but it's actually going into the wall itself. Um, the amount of things that get missed on a new home build is just, it's rather staggering. Um, it's not that I'm, I blame anybody. It's just humans build houses and things will always have issues. And the city inspectors spend very limited amount of time in the house. Their quote unquote third party inspector usually spends about 15 minutes at most in the house, whereas a traditional uh, state licensed home inspector will usually spend two, three, or four hours, depending on the size of the house, to really go through every detail of the property. So new homes, ideally, yes, it'd, it'd be great if I went into a new home and there wasn't any problem, but that's never been the case. Yeah, I, um, I always suggest to people that are buying a new build home to have a third-party inspector. As you said, a lot of times they think, all the things that they've been told that that you just mentioned that they don't need to spend the extra money. But then I've had, you know, people move in and then they're calling the builder back as expected because they find things that are just should have been caught that weren't. The other, the other fun little detail about that is from a buyer's perspective, when do you want those things to get fixed? Granted, and the other argument that the builder gives you is, well, you have a one-year warranty, so if there's any problem, we'll just come and fix it. And that's all fine and dandy, but the builder is more motivated to repair those items prior to you closing because they don't have their money yet. Plus, if you have to wait for them to do it during the warranty period, now you have to worry about your schedule, your kids' schedules. Um, are they going to tear stuff up while you're living in the house? And those types of things. If it's prior to the home being purchased, they can just send their guys and knock it all out at once, and it doesn't bother anybody. So it, it tends to be a lot easier to get that stuff done prior to actually closing on the house. And there are some builders that are doing everything possible to prevent home inspections by requiring certain things of inspectors that most inspectors won't agree to. And if that's the case, then I usually tell people, yeah, just go ahead and get the inspection done while you're in your warranty and then submit that inspection to your builder while it's under warranty and, and get it done that way. But ideally getting it done before you close on the house, that's, that's when the builder's most motivated to get those things accomplished. Yeah. A new home that I had in another state many, many, many years ago, um, didn't even know about having a third party inspector. Uh, I wasn't in real estate at the time. And uh, fortunately, my wife was not working at home, so she was or at the time, so she was home every day. And when the builder's uh, supervisor came by, we had a list, and it took us the entire year that we had that warranty, the entire year to get everything fixed that needed to be fixed. And it was a well-built home, all in all. So, 
Oh, anyway. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, those things happen all the time. I find gas leaks and stuff like that all the time on on plumbing connections and those types of things too. So it's you can find some pretty substantial things even on a brand new home. Well, and Lee, that's a really good point. And I know that we have some really incredibly thorough and talented builders in our area. But when someone is going to spend that much money on a new home, it's really helpful to have an impartial set of eyes take a look at the final product, make sure that you know you are getting exactly what you expect to be getting for your money. Absolutely. And I, you know, there's over 3,100 actively licensed inspectors in the state. I have a, in the state of Texas. I have a lot of really, really good colleagues um, that can certainly help with everything. But builders are not licensed in Texas. Um, and that's, that's a bit of a, a bit of an issue. And I've seen a, what's typically considered a good builder made some serious mistakes. A lot of times it's not necessarily the builder that, that is the issue, it tends to be the construction supervisor. If he has four or five houses that he's watching over uh, supervision of, then his contractors know that. If he has 30 houses, which some of these guys do, his contractors know that too, and they know that that construction supervisor is not going to be looking as closely as he probably should. Right. Yeah, I, I and I know builders, um, especially as we came out of the downturn, that the supervisors were supervising 15, 20 25 houses, and that's uh, very tough to keep your eyes on everything that's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, so next question, uh, you touched on this a little bit. In regards to the scope of an inspection, what do you look for when inspecting a home, and what aspects of a home do you not inspect? The required items for inspectors to look at include what I call the big five, foundation, roof, plumbing, electrical, and essentially an air system. Um, those are your, your five main areas that, that you're looking at, plus all your structural components, doors, windows, um, attics, roof structures, those types of things. You have a number of items which are also considered optional by the state of Texas. Uh, those include sprinklers, pools, detached storage buildings, uh, water wells, septic systems, uh, spas, hot tubs, and those types of things. Pools for myself, I typically have a, another contractor come in and do a pool inspection. My client pays them separately. I don't, I don't take any um, piece of that. I'm actually certified to inspect pools, but what that certification actually entails, I don't truly feel gives a homeowner a good idea of exactly what is going on with that pool. I just don't think it goes nearly in depth enough. So I tend to rely on the uh, uh, someone who works on pools 24-7 to really uh, give them a much better idea of what they're looking at there. Termite inspections are another one. Very few people get termite inspections. Certain loans like VA will require it. Um, I tend to use another company that's licensed to do termite inspections for those as well. Um, I try to coordinate that for the buyer so they don't have to come out multiple times, but it just kind of depends on the situation. But all those optional items, some inspectors do them, some don't. Um, it's really up to their just their personal preference and what they feel their strong suits are. Right, right. So... You know, it's imperative that real estate professionals only provide information and consult on areas that they have expert advice in. While it frustrates clients at times, it's really to their best interest. So, Lee, right. do you have any advice for agents who might be present during an inspection along with their clients? Like if their clients are there and the agents there, any advice in that situation? I typically recommend that the agent is there. I know some, some brokers may, may say that it's not a good idea or there's some potential liability there. I personally, I don't agree with that. I think that, you know, the, the agent's job is to look out to their client's best interests. 
And a lot of times, every inspector should be finding the same thing. But I think what sets inspectors apart is how they convey what they find to a buyer. And when an agent is there with the buyer, that tends to make the job after that go a lot easier. The reason being is the buyer may hear a certain thing, but not hear certain other things. They may have a personal preference or a personal issue with roofs and just get freaked out about roofs. And they may not hear the other details of the things that are going on. When the agent's there and can kind of go over those things with them or retain that other information, it makes the negotiation a little bit easier when they're talking about repair amendments. But it just, it makes, I think it makes the buyer feel a lot better. I think it makes the transaction go a lot smoother if the agent can be there um, specifically for that walkthrough. If the house is occupied, I tell my clients when to come to the house for the walkthrough. I don't necessarily want the buyer there throughout the inspection process because if the house is occupied, I'm responsible for anybody I let in that house. And if they want to come, that's fine, but they have to have their agent with them because if I'm letting somebody in the house, it means I'm responsible for them. So if they get hurt or something gets broken or anything of that nature, though it's, you know, may be a complete and total accident, I'm responsible for that. And I have to look at it from the seller's perspective too. I don't want somebody walking through my house that isn't directly supervised by somebody who's licensed. So just got to be cognizant of those types of things as well. Sure. And one more question. Who do you provide the inspection report to? The report is the property of the buyer. So the buyer will get a copy of the report. Typically, I will ask the buyer at the end, hey, is it okay if I send a copy of the report to your agent as well? Because legally, I'm not allowed to give a copy to that agent unless the buyer gives me permission. I always recommend that they do. But in certain scenarios, there's been a couple of situations where they don't want the agent to have that. For instance, if the agent is an intermediary, they may not want their agent to have a copy of that report because it could potential negative impact on the negotiating process. And the agent may not want a copy of the report for that same very reason. So I always ask if the agent, if the buyer wants me to send a copy to the agent, I typically recommend it. In most situations, I think it's a really good idea. But sometimes the sellers will ask a copy for it, especially if the seller happens to be lingering around the inspection. I may tell a seller about a specific safety issue that may be there, a gas leak, something of that nature. I have no problem telling that, but I can't go into discussions with the seller or certainly not give them a copy of the report without the buyer's express uh, permission. Even if the buyer backs out of that house and the next buyer comes in and wants a copy of it, I can't give it to them unless my client actually approves it. Yeah, that's right. You know, a buyer could lose a big part of their um, negotiating power if a listing agent is provided with the entire report. Yep. So, Lee, thank you so much for calling in and letting us pepper you with questions today. Any last words of advice in regard to inspections, whether it's for agents, buyers, any thoughts you have? On the agent side, um, I know that there's a lot of uh, agents that their office or they personally may have a list of preferred vendors so as, such as like inspectors or appraisers or whatever the case may be. I just recommend just check that list on occasion. Just verify that those people that you've been referring or that are, you are referring are still licensed and still in the business, especially with everything that's going on right now. We have a lot of people uh, changing and doing a lot of transitions. Um, I've just, I've seen lists where there are inspectors on there that are no longer licensed, have been out of the business for some time or just doing completely different things. So just check that because as a, as an agent, if you're giving your client a list of possible referrals of inspectors or whatever the case may be, um, it's possible you could be held liable if 
if you refer an inspector that is not actually licensed, they come in and do something wrong. One of the first things they're going to ask is, where'd you get this, this guy's information? If they got it from their agent, you could potentially be held liable for that. So take your referrals very seriously. Make sure you know the people that you're referring. If you don't, if it's just a referral from somebody else, give them a call. Ask them, hey, what's your license number? You know, look them up on track, those types of things. Do a little bit of due diligence and it'll save you a lot of headache for you and your clients down the road. Yeah, I was going to ask, and this is, I think I know the answer, but you can check this out on Trek, right? Check out a person. Absolutely. Yeah, if you go on Trek's website, on the right-hand side, you can look up license numbers. And when you first put in the number of that box, it automatically defaults to broker or salesperson. There's a drop-down menu there. You just hit that drop-down menu and choose inspector. You can check on the inspector license numbers as well. And it pulls up, just like with sales agents, it pulls up all your education that you've had. Um, they Trek has finally started doing that for inspectors as well. So you can actually see the amount of education that your inspector has on continuing education credits right through Trek's website now. That's good to know. Thank you so much, Lee. We really appreciate you calling in. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Oh, my pleasure. If you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, we want to hear it. Email us at ask at welcometothetop.com and listen to hear us cover it in the future. That would be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. Until next time, don't forget to call before showing. Special thanks to our hosts, Jonna Fernandez and David Long. Our audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. Podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. And producer, Bree Westbury. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.